is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Jimmy Scroggins here, and today I'm joined in our studios by Pastor Robbie Christmas. Robbie is actually a national church planting catalyst with the North American Mission Board. He focuses on bivocational church planting. He is stationed here at Family Church, and Robbie is a key part of our strategy at Family Church for affordable and sustainable church planting. He works with our residency program and with our seed church strategy. And so before we get to know how we plant seed churches, Robbie, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about your family, and about how you got connected sure. with us at Family sure. Church. Yeah. So my name is Robbie Christmas. My wife is Joanna. We have three young kids, nine, seven, and three. So we're at kind of a fun slash tiring they have stage names. in life. They do have names. We, we named all three of them. Trey is our nine-year-old son. Okay. And Mary Grace is our seven-year-old daughter. And then Bryce is our little bruiser. All right, so clarify for our listeners, your middle child's name actually is? Mary Christmas. <laughs> okay. This, this is real. This is true. I, I have to clarify that for a lot of people, but yeah. that is true. Yeah. That was awesome when you baptized her. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your background. Where did sure. you guys come from? How'd you get? Yeah, so we planted, we planted a church in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And then I've been friends with Steve Wright for a long time. And so Pastor Steve was talking about what was going on here. And just through conversation, he said, man, you ought to come down and visit. So we did. And, and honestly, Pastor Jimmy, when we saw what God was doing here, we just really felt drawn to be part of this. Yeah, That was about three three years ago when we visited. And then a couple months later, we packed up a truck and moved on down. And you're here and you're all We're in. Here. And Robbie, one of the things that you and I have in common is we both grew up and our dads have the same job. What That's is it? That's right. Head high school football coach. That's right. So we grew up as coaches' kids. Both yeah. of us played football. Yes, sir. And there is something special about growing up in locker rooms and growing up on football yeah. fields. Absolutely. I don't know. Were you young enough to know how to do those reel-to-reel projectors? Did you ever see your dad do film on that? No. Okay, so no, when I, I was a that. kid, he had reel-to-reel projectors. <laughs> I learned how to change those reels nice. when I was like six years old. And uh, so you probably had, you probably started with a VCR yes, and sir. then moved the DVDs and yeah. now... Uh, all those other tools we have. Yeah. All right, Robbie. So look, we talked a little bit about seed churches here in a previous podcast a while ago, but I want you to tell our listeners, maybe some people who've joined us recently, tell them what a seed church actually is. Right. So a seed church, very simply, is a small group of believers who's going to be committed to going out and sharing the gospel and making disciples. So they're going to plant a church, but the method is we're going to share the gospel and make disciples. All right. So what we try to do is we try to find a person with a passion for a place, we're targeting a neighborhood that maybe is underserved or right. where we think there's a lot of uh, lost, irreligious, unchurched people, and we find someone with a passion for uh, that place. And once we find that person and we kind of tell them, hey, here's what a seed church is, what, what do we actually do with this person? Sure. All right. So he's got to gather a team. Okay? All right. So he's not just going to launch out there by himself and do this. He's going to gather a team. And those people that he gathers, they need to be ready to work. They okay. need to be ready to roll their sleeves up because they're not just going to be showing up and attending a Bible study. Right. They're going to get trained to be disciple makers. So that's what they're going to do. He's got to train his people, and they've got to get out there and share the gospel. And we believe that in doing that, God's got people prepared to receive the gospel, and that's how the church is going to grow. And I love that about what you are doing with your team that's training 
these bivocational seed church planters because you're focusing on evangelism and you're focusing on on training. So yeah. they're sharing the gospel and right. they're training people to share the gospel all the time. Yeah, those are the two huge pieces of what this church planter's got to do. He's got to be able to share. He's got to be able to train. And so there's multiplication is built into it. Right. Share, that's him. Train, that's multiplying his influence. And then the other key piece of it is that whole team has to see these new believers as part of the disciple-making army. Right. So so it can't just be, oh, we got new believers. Now they get to sit here and watch us. Right. No, no, no. They have to they be part. join the mission. They got to be in on it. Yeah, and I love that, Robbie, because that's actually biblical. You know, right. when Jesus talked to people, like you talk about Jesus met the woman at the well, and what did she immediately do? Well, she went and got right. her husband, or the one she was living with right. was not her husband, <laughs> and they brought the whole town. Right. And then uh, the demoniac, remember the guy who cut cut himself up, and Jesus right, right. took the demons out and sent them into the herd of pigs, and the guy, after he was clean, he says, Jesus, I want to come with you, come and with Jesus you, right. says, no. There's 10 villages around here that need to hear my message. I want you to go tell them. So Jesus engaged people in rapid obedience all the time. That's what we're trying to do with this. And now, Robbie, as you train our seed church planters, what tools are you using to to train them? Right. So we feel like it's really important to have simple, reproducible tools. We're not just going to ask people to do stuff. We're going to train them up and make sure they actually have the skills to do this. We talk a lot about skills. So some of the tools. There's a simple tool called an Oikos map. And there's nothing flashy about this. All it is is a person writing down their name in a circle and then writing out in other circles around them, these are people I know that do not know the Lord. All right. That is a super simple biblical tool. Right? Now, if our listeners at Church for the Rest of Us wanted to see what an Oikos map looks like, can they just kind of Google that? Is that available? Can they find that? Yeah, if they Google that, there's a good chance that'll, that'll pop up somewhere. And again, so just a really simple tool. But what it does is... It keeps the need to pray for your lost friends in front of people at all times. And so it also gives some common language. Now a church planner can say, hey, talk to me about your oikos. How's that going? And they know exactly what it means at that point. Another tool, of course, is the three circles. Like how can we expect people to share the gospel if we're not equipping them with a simple tool to do it? And so this is a really central tool. Well, Key thing is not just that they've introduced it or that, oh, they're at family church, so they must know what that is. No, they've got to get reps. They've got right. to get practice. Even at family church, they have Even to practice, church, right? They All practice. of us have to All practice. Continually, yeah. So so that's some of the tools that, that we use. Right. And then we're doing this other discipleship tool. So we're using the seven commands. Right. Seven stories. Right. And then you have this other tool you've developed, the 411. Tell us about that real quick. Right. So the 411 is something that we've, in our partnership with some other church planning catalysts and church planners and people that are passionate about this. And and it's awesome to be in community with those people because they share things with us and we share things with them. So this is something that we've kind of picked up. And it's this idea that, going back to what we said about new believers needing to be engaged in the mission, well, how do you do that? Well, the 411 is designed to get a new believer to immediately be equipped to share the gospel. And so it's four questions in uh, one hour on one sheet of paper. That's where 411 comes from. So you train them. So we train them up right there. And all it is, I can tell you what it is. They know their identity. That's the first one. They know their oikos. We already mentioned that. That's the second one. They know the tool. So three circles. That's the third one. And then the fourth thing, all we do is get them to set some goals for how they're going to use those tools. It's really, really simple. Yeah, I love that. And so, Robbie, some of the people that we're learning from, and let's talk to our listeners about that, because, of course, right. our primary tribe at Family Church is the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. But we also relate constructively to some other groups that have 
helped us learn a lot about disciple making and multiplication. Who, who are some of those people that you connect with? Yeah, so Jeff Sundell is a guy that has influenced us here. Former IMB missionary. That's right. And uh, Troy Cooper is a right. good friend of mine and has, has had just a really big impact on me in terms of me coming to understand the, the value of tools and training. And of course, we have that culture here, so that's been huge and as Troy's well. And Troy's organization is? So Troy works for E3. Right. But there's a network of people that Troy and Jeff and many others involved with, uh, No Place Left Network. Right. And so those guys just have a passion to see the gospel get out and see disciples made. And they've been a huge encouragement to us. And again, I'd encourage all of our listeners to just Google Troy Cooper or Jeff Sundell or No Place Left or put a hashtag in and check it out. Right. Because there's a lot of stuff out there and other tools that they use. And these guys would even come to your church and train you if you want. Sure. And these are just really, really helpful when it comes to multiplication and and disciple making. Now, we've got these simple reproducible tools. We're trying to train our seed church planters right. in how to use these tools and to train others in the tools. But then what are some of the benchmarks right. that we're asking our seed church pastors or seed church planters to to try to hit? Right. So so here's the background on that. We realize we give a seed church, all right, hey, here's the guy, person with passion for place. All right, he's gathered a team. All right, plant a church, ready, go. And and it kind of feels like back to football that we put them on the one yard line with the ball and said, "Hey, you got to score. You got to go the length of the field, but you can't get any first downs." It's like oh, that's kind of a difficult task. And so, so what can we do to help them realize, like, "Hey, we're winning. We're getting some wins." What are the first downs, in other words? And so we came up with some key benchmarks. And said, "Hey, these are some things that you ought to see happening." along the way. As you're putting these tools and training into practice, you're going to see this stuff. So here's some of the simple benchmarks. When everyone on your team has their Oikos map filled out, man, you just hit one of our benchmarks. There you go. Guess what? And typically, how many people are on a team? Eight to 12. All right. So eight to 12 people. And you could really accomplish that in one meeting if you just got them all there with a piece of paper. Absolutely. Okay. Right. And so, so here's what's beautiful, though. That guy now comes back to the cohort that I lead with these guys and goes, we did it. We did <laughs> yeah, it. Everyone's like, go, man. man. High five. And we're high five and we're excited. Yeah. And, and, you know, well, it was pretty easy. Yeah, but it was important. Yeah. It was important. And you they didn't got have it. one before that. You didn't have one. And now you do. Yeah. And, and so now there's more people praying for lost people. Well, we feel like that's important. Right. right? So that's a big win. So the first person to come to Christ all right, that's a little bit bigger. There you go. All right, but that's a that's a key yeah, lead benchmark. Lead one person to Christ. Lead one person to Christ. And I love that, Robbie, because that is such an achievable benchmark. So if you it have is. eight to twelve people who've been trained in the tools, they've all got an Orcos map. They're all praying. They're all working. If you could lead one person to Christ, well, that group is going to lead somebody to Christ. Right. You know, in weeks, this isn't going to take years to lead one person to Christ if they're all working at this. Yeah. And so you're going to get to celebrate not only an Oikos map. Now you're celebrating. We've all led our first person to Christ. And what else? Right. What else do you? Say? Right, so it goes from there. All right. So now the first person to go through all seven commands. So we've celebrated the evangelism win right. that came to Christ. Now we're working on the discipleship win. Now they've gone through all seven commands. Well, that's a huge deal. You right. get a new believer to go through all seven commands. All right, that's a big deal. We saw it. First new believer to be baptized. Okay, that's a big deal. These are all doable things, and they're all things that are going to happen along the way. As we're moving the ball down the field, these are key benchmarks that we should be hitting. So it's super exciting when we see our seed church planners come back and say, hey, we did it. And, and we've got this whole tool where they're looking at their benchmarks regularly, and they get to check those things off. And it's really neat to celebrate that stuff. All right, so we know that if we put the team out there and we're giving them the tools and we're giving them the training, we're giving them the benchmarks, these guys who have a who have a passion for a neighborhood, a passion for a place, are working 
to hit these benchmarks. But then how do you actually hold them accountable? I mean, how do you know they're doing what we're asking them to do? Sure. So one of the things we do is we just have a regular meeting. We first started out this cohort, we're meeting every week just to make sure we we had everything in place and, and they understood what we were doing. And then we moved it to every other week. And then sometimes now, if I sense that we just need some extra focus, we'll, we'll meet, you know, a couple of weeks in a row again. Mm-hmm. But that's a really important meeting for us. That's how we're holding them accountable. Because at the end of every meeting, I'm saying to every guy, I look at them and I, I pull out this little journal. They know what this journal is. It's a great journal because they know I write in this journal what they are going to do that week. Right. And so I pull the same journal out every time and I get up my pen and I look at them and say, all right, what are you going to do? Right, right. And we write down action points because this can't just be theory. It can't just be tools on a whiteboard. It's got to be in real life. Yeah. And so they write. I write down, all right, this is what they're going to do. Okay, awesome. You, what about you? What are you going to do? All right, they write these things down. We pray over them, and then they go out to do them. Now, that's, a, that's one part of it. That's really important. But then what do I have to do at the next meeting? Well, guess what the meeting starts with? It's got to start with that. Get the journal out, open it up, and look at them. Say, hey, how'd that go? Right. And we talk through it, and then that gives a really great opportunity for coaching. So mm-hmm. two of them went really well. One of them was a big botch. All right, let's talk about that one. What went wrong? What could have gone better? And now they're getting to collaborate and work with each other because I'm not giving all the answers to that. These other church planners are able to speak into that as well. So it's a really sweet time together of training and encouraging one another. And, and when do you typically meet with these guys? We meet early Tuesday mornings. Okay. Like like early, like three, four, what are you talking about? No, no, no. At three, I have a different meeting. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we were meeting at 6.30, and yeah. we actually moved it to 7. So we're, we've gotten okay. lazy. We're meeting at 7 a.m. All right. So you meet at 7, and the reason you meet at 7 is because all of these guys are bivocational. So they right. have, a, they have a, a secular job. They're working their job. Now, how many of these guys are in or have been through our residency program at Family Church? Yeah, most of these guys have been through residency. And what's cool about that is when they show up and start planning a church, we're not a square one. Man, we spent two years with these guys. We know them. Uh, they know us. They know the tools. And then we dig in even harder to make sure that they not only kind of have a grasp of the tools, but they're using them and multiplying them. So, yeah, more than half these guys have been through the residency. Yeah, and talk to me a minute, Ravi, because we want these guys to plant a seed church. And really, a seed church is a seed of a church. It's not a church yet. Right. It does some things that a church would do, but it's really not a church. It's attached to a family church campus. It's attached to a family church and we're going to plant this seed of a church in a neighborhood that we're trying to reach and then hope that that seed of a church becomes an actual church and grows into right. it. But what do they have to do if they're a seed church before we sure. actually say, okay, now we're going to declare you a, a church, your own congregation? Right. So we talk about 54 and 50. And here's okay. what that means. We want them to gather 50 adults okay. into four groups okay. with 50% new believers. All, All right. right. So I'll say it again. 50 adults. That means they've got to be able to gather people. Right. Okay. In four different groups with four different leaders. So if I'm the church planter, I can't go, hey, man, I'm nailing it. I've got 10 people meeting on Monday night at my house. And then on Tuesday night at my house, I have 12 people meeting. And then on Thursday night at my house, I have... Right. Because no. what's the problem with that? Now, he has not multiplied his influence. It's all right. dependent on him. He can so, gather people, right. but he can't multiply leaders. That's right. He's got to be able to multiply leaders. So four different groups, four different leaders. And then 50% new believers. All right? and, and this is the big deal with that one. We want to keep the main thing the main thing. We're planting churches not just so people can have another flavor of church to go right. to. There's enough of that. There's a lot of flavors out There's there. There's a lot of flavors. We're planting churches to impact lostness. We're right. planting churches to 
win lost people to Christ. And so that 50% new believers lets them know, man, even if you can gather people and multiply your leadership, if you're not actually making a dent on lostness, we're still not quite getting there. And so that number is in there to really keep the main thing in view. Yeah. And I want our listeners to hear this too. All of these things that we're talking about are things that we're working at. They're things that we're learning about. They're things that are being adjusted all the time. And a lot of these things are aspirational. So we're trying, we're aiming at things and our seed church planners are actually, so how many seed church planners do you actually have working on this strategy right now? Right. So I think we have six right now that are working on this. And and then we had Boca that just launched. And, And the cool thing was they did it. All right, so Boca Raton, talk to us about that. Sure. Family Church Boca, they are their own church, their own congregation now. But before they were their own church, they were a seed church. Right. And so tell us, just quickly walk us through what happened there. So it was super exciting. Pastor Sal gathered a team. And he shows up, I'm a person with a passion for a place, West Boca Raton. That's right. And so he shows up, person, passion for a place, gathered a team. And so we said, all right. So we start training. He starts training his team. I dared him. I said, Sal, I dare you to wear me out. You use me as much as you want. And he gave it a good go. So I was down there. I was down there often just training, encouraging, loving. What an awesome team. Guess what happened? They started sharing the gospel and people started getting saved. And so other people that were already believers also heard about it. And they said, man, I'm inspired by that. And so they joined. And so the team grew. And guess what? It grew to over 50 adults. Uh, They had five groups. And I don't know their exact percentage of new believers, but there were multiple new believers. Right. And you could you could look. I mean, I was there at a previous service, and I was pointing them out. There's one. I know that guy. I know his story. There's one. I know his right. story. These were adults who had come to Christ as a result of the mission of that church. It was really exciting to right. see. And then they just launched in, I guess they launched in October Mid-October. of 2017. That's right. And so, you know, they had they had over 180 people or whatever at their launch. And now we're investing funds and other resources in them because they've hit the benchmarks, the benchmarks of a right. seed church. So they kind of graduated into becoming. And we have another couple of them that are on the cusp of that. Right. And so I will say to our listeners, this is not all perfect. It's not all buttoned up. It's aspirational. Right. We're learning. But it is happening. So this is not is. this is not a pie in the sky. This is not theoretical. Sure. You're actually meeting with these guys every week. You That's got right. Them. There's a lot more that we don't know than we do know. That's correct. And we know that. <laughs> but what we're doing is, is we're working hard at it, and we're seeing guys knock out the benchmarks, and we've got our first win with Boca. Yeah, and I love, Robbie, that you meet with them every week, that, that you have your journal where you're holding them accountable, and you're, you're calling on them and checking their progress weekly on these benchmarks. So, Robert, let me ask you, what are some things that you're learning? What are you learning as you're uh, kind of leading us in this process? Sure. Okay. So, tools and training are super, super important, but it does not automatically translate into gospel shares. And so, the accountability piece that you mentioned is big. So, the same thing I'm doing with them on keeping them accountable, they've got to be doing with their teams. Right. So, one of the things I'm learning is we're still coming out of a kind of a consumer mindset as the American church. And and what's beautiful is we've recognized it and we're fighting hard against it. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is we're still in the fight and, and we're fighting hard. And yeah. so to get the kind of gospel sharing we need for a seed church to succeed is difficult, but we're working hard at it. So that's one thing I've learned. We got to have a ton of gospel shares and it's not just automatic. You can't just throw up a tool on the whiteboard and think it's going to happen. It takes hard work to keep going on that. All right, so we know that it can work because it has already worked. It is working right now, but we're learning a lot. We're learning about how important gospel shares are. Now, this is church for the rest of us. So a lot of our listeners may listen to this and go, oh my gosh, if I had a church with 11 campuses and millions of dollars and thousands of people, I would be doing a seed church strategy too. 
But I want to say to our small and medium-sized churches, and even some large churches who are listening who may say, that's just unattainable for us. We're not near a seminary. We are gathering up people who already live in South Florida for the most part, and we're calling them to the mission field where they live. But how could, Robbie, let's just say there's a church out there and they are a church of 300, a Mm -hmm. church of 200, a church of 500. How could they begin at their own level to do what you're doing with seed churches. Right. That's what I love about this is that they can, they can absolutely do this. And so what I would say to them is to start making gospel sharing part of the fabric of everything they do. And here's why I say that. We've said it a lot. If we're going to plant seed churches, they need to be impacting lostness. Right. Well, you can't impact lostness without making disciples. You can't make disciples without sharing the gospel. And that's why that's such a huge piece. So what I would say is you've got to get some training going in your church. It can't be a flash in the pan. It's not the next cool thing. Right. It has to actually become a part of the fabric of what you're doing. Start training people in your small groups are a great way to do that. Or your Sunday school classes. If you are you have Sunday school classes, awesome. Implement some of this training in those classes and then see who does it. Yeah. See who runs with it. You might discover a person with a passion for a place because somebody gets ignited by this training to right. start sharing the gospel all over right. the place. That would be a simple thing they could do to start. Yeah, and what I love about this too, Robbie, is look, if you're a pastor, even of a small church, even if you don't have any paid staff members, you can find somebody in your church who has a sense of calling to ministry, and you can begin training one. Your That's residency right. may look like you, pastor, with your one disciple, learning the tools together, practicing the tools together, and then trying to develop a a person who does have a passion for a place or a neighborhood, a trailer park, an apartment complex, a subdivision that that you want to reach, maybe a little town near the little town where you already pastor. But all of these things, any church of any size could do. Now, we have our tools available to you. If you will email us, you can email us at Family Church. You can get on our blog at gofamilychurchnetwork.com. You can check out, we're going to attach to our show notes some of the tools. We have have, have a a little pamphlet that you guys wrote called What is a Seed Church? You guys can download that. It doesn't cost anything. We're going to have some of these uh, tools available to you. But you can also Google any of them because there are versions of all of these tools available all over the internet. And I'd encourage our listeners to go and check all of that out. So Robbie, I just can't say what a joy it is to work with you, what a joy it is to know your wife, your children, the the whole Christmas party. (laughs) You know, we we love that. That's good. And uh, Robbie, it's awesome to have you with us today. And this is our attempt to put one more hook in the water when it comes to church planting. Hey, uh, Family Church, we don't have it all figured out. We would love to hear from you, our listeners at Church for the Rest of Us. So chime in on our blog at familychurchnetwork.com or better yet, join us in person. It is not too late. Come to the Sharper Conference. It's just around the corner. You can register today at sharperconference.com. And we look forward to seeing you there and hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.